All right, we turn now to, to God's Word. And as I mentioned earlier, we are beginning a new sermon series on the book of Jonah. We are going to go through verse by verse through this short book, four chapters. Uh, it's about five pages in my Bible. And uh, you should definitely read the whole thing this week because there's a lot more than our Sunday school teachers uh, told us about. Uh, but let's, uh, let's turn to Jonah. Uh, Verse 1, this morning we're just going to look at the first three verses of Jonah uh, chapter 1. Jonah flees from the Lord. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, some of you know that I'm a big fan of running. Um, I can't can't even wrap my mind around uh, the fact that the Olympics are postponed this year. Um, it, we're going to do them next, next summer instead. But uh, as I have you know, studied the sport and um, you know, researched and uh, seen the pathway of a lot of Olympic runners, you know, the runners that are at the top of the sport, I discovered that a lot of them are literally running away from something. Uh, you know, for a lot of the elite East African athletes, They've been given this gift to run, and it is their way out of, you know, crippling poverty. It's, you know, if they win one race in America, that is generational wealth for their families. Uh, but even amongst athletes from, from the West, from Europe and from North America, a lot of them are, have gotten to that level uh, through, you know, through striving and through needing to prove themselves, maybe prove themselves to an overbearing parent, or prove that they're worthwhile, or that grasp for medals and contracts and, uh, and success. It is the thing that, that, is, uh, that they're running for every day. You know, maybe it's even to escape the pain of their lives or some, some great loss or grief in their lives. But they, that's literally what's driving them to run and to be an Olympic athlete. Uh, one, one woman, an American woman who was in the Olympics three times, Susie Hamilton, she wrote a biography a few years ago and the title of it was Fast Girl Running from Madness. And it was her story of, you know, not just the Olympics, not just the good times, but trying to find an identity, trying to find her worth in something other than the track you know, after her Olympic career and all the chasing that she was trying to do for this, for this identity. And when your identity is all wrapped up in what you do instead of, you know, who you are as a child of God, these are the things that, that sort of happen. We chase after all these other things. And many people, you know, Olympic athletes, normal people like you and me, we are chasing to try to fill this, this hole that's in our heart this gap that we feel in our lives. Because whenever you run away from God, you always run toward something else. 
You always run towards something else that's, that's not God, that's less than God. And one of, the, one of the great messages, one of the key messages from the book of Jonah is this. Don't, don't run away from God. Don't try to flee from God. Don't try to escape his, his presence. Run to God. Run to him. He's there for you no matter what you've done. Run toward God and see what he has for you. This morning, we're going to look at the way that Jonah tried to run from God and yet God's pursuit of him, God's chasing after him. And we're going to look at how that, how that works itself out in our own lives. You know, how we can run back to God no matter how far we, um, we have gone. I think we're going, to, we're going to see for many of us that we spend a lot of our lives, you know, trying to escape God, trying to run from God, trying to prove ourselves to God. And yet God's grace is just always there and it's pursuing us. It's coming after us. God's been running toward us, you know, all along. So let's first think about this idea of running from God. Um, Jonah, you know, Jonah did it just in those verses that, that I showed you. It's, it's pretty simple to see. Uh, the, there are really two ways that human beings run from God. The first one is probably, you know, what you're thinking of, what Jonah did. It's, it's this sort of this open rebellion. Uh, you know, the the, the person that grows up in church and when they become an adult, they just kind of reject everything that the church taught them. The person that flees, you know, where they came from and goes to the big city, comes to a place like Portland, you know, looking for something different, looking for a new experience. And Jonah, in these, that's Jonah. That's Jonah in the first couple chapters of this letter. He, he knows his assignment. How incredible. You know, God spoke to him. He's a prophet. The word of the Lord came to him, and he knows what God wants him to do, and yet he goes in the exact opposite direction. Uh, God told him to, to go to, you know, what is now Iraq, and instead he bought a boat ticket to go to Spain, as far west as, as he could, as far west as he could go away from what God was telling him. And he, he tried to run. He tried to get away from God's presence, from God's face. And we're going to see, you know, in the next few weeks as we study this, what, what that really looked like. But um, Jonah, has this, Jonah has this realization, even just a few verses down, you know, even ver- in verse 9. He, he, you know, he says the same thing that the psalmist says. In Psalm 139, where can I flee from your spirit? Where can I go from your presence? And he tells those people that are in the boat with him, I, the God that I worship is the God who created the heavens and the earth, the, the sea and the land. Jonah knows that even in the middle of this boat, even in the midst of the ocean, even in trying to flee from God, that God is still there, that God is watching over him. And it's not in this, it's not in this, ha, I gotcha, you're mine, kind of a thing. It's more of a, of a parental love. It's just, I'm, I'm watching out for you. I'm with you. I, 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 I want to protect you. It's in this loving way that, that God pursues even the rebels, 
Even the people that try to run from him, even the people that try to escape, God pursues them. But there's, there's another way that we try to run from God, and that's, that's you know, in the religious way. That's hiding behind our, our good works or, or our church attendance or our giving or our service in the community or whatever it is. And that's that we learn from Jonah in the last two chapters of this book. In Jonah 3 and 4, um, we see that Jonah is still trying to run from God through his religious work and through, even through his preaching. Um, many of us, many of us, myself included, we jump from one to the other. <laughs> you know, one day we're rebellious and we, we might feel guilty about that. And then some other day we, you know, we feel better. We feel like, oh man, we're, we're better than the, these people. You know, God, look at us. Look at how good we're doing. Look at all the stuff we're doing. And that's how it was for Jonah. And that's how it is for, for many of us. We feel superior. We feel better than other people. We feel morally superior just because of X, Y, or Z. Jonah fulfills the mission that God gave him, and there's this incredible time of repentance and revival in Nineveh, and yet, instead of celebrating and joining the party, Jonah is mad about it. He's, he's upset. Um, I know that uh, this is a famous story. You know, many of us might have grown up with, with uh, hearing about Jonah in Sunday school and, you know, learning about the whale and all that stuff. But there's a lot of things that at least my Sunday school teacher didn't, didn't tell me. Um, I didn't know that Jonah was, you know, a preacher and a missionary, and he was actually pretty high up in the government of Israel. Uh, 2 Kings 14 tells us that he worked with the king of Israel, you know, this, this Jonah, Jonah, the, uh, the son of Amittai. And so he, here's this kind of this rock star preacher, this famous guy in Israel, someone who's looked up to. And so why would he do, why would he do that? Why would he throw it all away? You know, why would, he, why would he be so angry at God when he fulfilled the mission that God told him to do and when all these good things happened in Nineveh? He, Jonah is doing all the right things, and yet his heart hasn't been changed. It's just outward actions and outward appearances. And so in that way, he is kind of like the, the older brother in the prodigal story, and the prodigal son story, you know, just out in the fields, working for God, doing all the right things, and yet his heart is not with his father, his father, um, God in the story. You know, Jonah's, Jonah has become a Pharisee, thinking that he's, he's better than, than everyone else. And uh, another thing that I've had to unlearn as I've studied Jonah, and I think that, you know, one of the things we're going to unlearn the next few weeks, is that Jonah didn't flee because he was scared, or uh, he, he fled. It says why he fled. He fled because, because his identity wasn't in God, because he wasn't rooted in God, because his heart wasn't for God, um, not, not the true God. <laughs> you know, it may have been a God of his own making or a God that he wanted to control, but uh, he says in, in Jonah 4, verse 2, he says... Uh, 
O Lord, is this not what I said when I was still at home? That is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. He, he didn't like that God was so merciful to these people that were his enemies, these people that he didn't like. You know, he felt like, I'm over here being good, God. I'm over here doing what I'm supposed to do. And they're wicked. They're violent. They're bad people. You're not supposed to save them. That's why I didn't want to preach to them. They didn't earn it. They didn't earn their salvation, God. They didn't earn your love. Jonah uh, represents, you know, this, this idea that you have to earn God's love. You have to earn his favor. It's against what the Bible actually teaches. It's against what Jesus came to teach. It's against the good news that he announced. It reminds me of that, that Anne Lamott quote where, where she says, you can safely assume you've made God in your own image when God hates all the same people you do. That's how it was for Jonah. Jonah hated the Ninevites, and he just assumed God did too. But no, God is slow to anger. God's abounding in steadfast love. And God had mercy on them, not because they earned it, but because he has mercy on whom he will have mercy. It's also like that parable that Jesus told about the workers in the vineyard. You know, the, the, one of the great lines from that is when Jesus says, Are you envious because I'm generous? You know, why would we be envious that God is giving his grace out to so many people? The message of the gospel, the message of Jesus is that none of us have earned it. That it's grace. That it's a gift. That God is, God's love is poured out for us as this free gift. So there are two ways to, to run from God. The first is to be you know, openly rebellious. The second is to hide behind your religious acts and your good works. But your heart can still be in the wrong place. You can still be trying to justify yourself with your good works. But no matter how our rebellion you know, manifests itself and shows itself, God still pursues us. God chases after us. And I want to spend the second half of this message showing us how we can run back to God, no matter where we've been, no matter what our hearts look like, that God is there with open arms, that God is even you know, pursuing us and coming after us. How do we, how do we run back into our Father's arms? It's, uh, it's a little bit like when my five-year-old son, you know, when he says through his tears, Dad, let's make up. And it just breaks your heart into a million pieces. Um, of course I do anything for my son. And that's how God feels about his children. Um, he wants us to, to, to turn back and see that he's been there all along, that he's with us. How do we run back into our father's arms? We get this experience of, of grace. And when, when does grace, you know, most show itself in our lives? When is it most apparent? In a storm. You know, next week we're going to look at when Jonah got into the boat 
and when he encountered this massive, massive storm. But a lot of us are feeling like we're in a storm right now with COVID-19. With COVID-19, you know, on top of everything else, you know, plus COVID-19 plus school stress and uncertainty about our job and parenting stress and marriage stress and all these things, they pile up and they make us feel just like Jonah felt, like the waves are coming in, like the boat's going to be capsized, like there are dark clouds um, on the horizon. And we can, we can ignore it. We can try to white-knuckle our way through it. We can just push on. Or we can slow down and, and listen to God and see what he's saying to us. It's kind of like I said last week. Um, you know, God has his megaphone out. God speaks to us in our pain. So if you're hurting now, if you're going through a storm, like so many of us are, maybe it's God trying to get our attention, trying to get us to slow down and, and run to him and have him change our hearts and remind us of grace. What, um, what happens in, in a storm? You know, to, to, to be really blunt, in a storm, we should die, but we don't. Uh, you know, that's how it was for, for Jonah. He should have died, and the miracle of the whale, which we'll, we'll, we'll get into. But we can feel the same way. I mean, this, this uh, disease, it's, it's pretty random. There are older people, yes, but there are also younger people. And if we have breath in our lungs, it's a gift from God that we are alive, that God has, has spared us, and that God is, is walking alongside us. Um, Jonah, Jonah couldn't have gone to Nineveh and preached about grace without this experience, you know, without this storm. But he saw um, what God did in that time, and God rescued him, and God showed it to him, and that, that changed it. Uh, nobody really walks down the street and just says, you know what, I've been running from God for a long time. I think I want to just run to God. That doesn't typically happen. You almost have to have a storm that really stops you in your tracks, that makes you realize, hey, these bad things or even these good things have been getting in the way of my relationship with God. You know, a lot of people are asking why is God letting this happen? Why is God letting this coronavirus, you know, keep going? And of course, I don't have all the answers for that. There is, no, there is no good answer. But I also know that God pursues us in the midst of storms. And I know that, that God saved Jonah because he, he wanted Jonah. He had a plan for him. Um, he had purposes for him to fulfill. And I know that all the storms that happen in our life, it's because God wants us. He wants us to have a deeper relationship with him. He wants us to know that he's the only one that can satisfy us. That there's a joy that's on the other side of the storm that we haven't even tasted yet. But it's there. It's there for us. Because Jonah, you know, he shows us, especially the last two chapters, we see that this kind of idea, well, I'm going to be a better person when this is all over. You know, I'm going to go to church more. I'm going to, you know, give money to the homeless person on the street. I'm going to try harder. 
None of that really works. It doesn't change our hearts. What we need is an experience of God's grace. What we need is to realize, I was in that storm, and Jesus rescued me. I was walking through a dark time in my life, and Jesus sent his light. What we need to see is this picture of how much Jesus loves us. And we see that in Easter, in this, you know, in this whole season of Easter. When the religious people, when the Pharisees, when uh, these people that wanted to challenge Jesus, these people that thought they were better than everyone, when they came to him, they said, Jesus, we want a sign. We need a sign. You know, we'd believe in you if you just give us a sign. And what did Jesus say? He said, the only sign you're going to get is the sign of Jonah. And what did he mean by that? Three days and three nights in the depths of the earth. And then resurrection. Jesus told them someone better than Jonah is here. And yet you don't believe. May that not be said of anyone that hears my voice this morning. We, we can look at Jesus as that true Jonah, as the one who, who laid down his life for us, as the one who didn't just sink and was rescued, but sunk into the depths that went to hell so that we don't have to. And God raised him up. When we know that, when we see what we've been rescued for, when we see grace, then we're transformed. Then our hearts are renewed. Then we do good works for the right reasons, out of gratitude to God. May none of us, whatever we've been doing, whatever we've been up to, however our rebellious hearts show themselves, all of us can run back to God today. And he's there, our loving Father, welcoming us home with open arms. Run to him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you chase after rebels. Help us not to hide behind anything, but to be real with you, to be real with our brothers and sisters and to receive your grace in new and deep ways. Lord, we pray. We don't know why this storm is going on. We don't know why coronavirus is still spreading. But we know that you meet in the middle of that. We know that you want to speak to us. We know that, that with you there is life. God, help us to run back to you. Renew our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.